This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligan's website. Hey, Kyle Anderson, who's 6'9", just has no ability to go to the Giannis ooping the alley on the delivery from Bledsoe. That's just a great two-on-one break. Now here's your host, Alex Dreisick. Welcome back to Moose's Mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Dreza. Check us out at facebook.com slash Moose's Mulligans and like us for all the official latest news on the podcast. Uh, the link to our official website, alexanderstryzak.wixsite.com slash Moose's Mulligans is there as well. Like always, going to kick you off with your recent highlights. In the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks won on Thursday night against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. 22 to 16 to improve to 6 and 3. They were led by Russell Wilson once again. Two touchdowns, no picks, both to Jimmy Graham. And Wilson end zone. Jimmy Graham steals it. Touchdown, Seattle. We'll also be talking about the NFL here in a minute. But first, I want to give you your NBA highlights going into tomorrow. Right now, you have your Boston Celtics as your conference leader at 11-2, with the Pistons right behind them at 9-3. Over in the Western Conference, you have Houston and Golden State at 10-3, followed by Denver and San Antonio at 8-5, and, and of course, my Grizzlies at 7-5 in the fifth spot. And uh, later, we'll bring on Ben Huff, and we'll get you caught up to date on the Eric Bledsoe trade from the Bucks to the Suns. You've got to be kidding. But moving on to the bigger topic I wanted to start the show on, and that's the NFL ratings. So with the NFL, we knew that ratings were declining last year, and they ended up spiking back up with the presidential election, and this year, that's not going to happen. Guess what? There's about eight weeks left in the regular season, and that began this Thursday, and there's just no reason to think that the bad trend we're seeing is going to stop because there's no reason for people to really return to watching football after all the debates and town halls and all these other things. It, it's just, to me, ratings I saw are down 5.5%, and that's a stat from Darren Roval of ESPN. And through the first nine weeks of the 2017 compared to the first nine weeks of 2016, that's 5.5 percent is a big number, and we have things contributing to this, like the taking of the knee in the national anthem. Where on Veterans Day yesterday, there was a activist group actually doing a Veterans Day uh, charity rally to protest the NFL. So that's how far this thing's going, and there's also a lot of different things tying into this. I see a lot of injury dispute coming in. I mean, Thursday night, Richard Sherman's out for the year now. You look at the Browns, Joe Thomas is out for the year. He would, like, never missed a game ever. You've got J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson out for Houston. You've got Aaron Rodgers out for the year, Dalvin Cook out for the year. And, you know, you're used to seeing in football a lot of a lot of injuries, you know, but usually I feel like it's always one to two weeks or 
there'll be the rare, very severe injury where you miss a whole year. I feel like everybody's out for the year this year. Jason Peters is a left tackle out for the year. I feel like every position has someone just that's a superstar of their position and is out for the year. It's it's been a crazy year that in that sense. And you know, once all your star players are out, like Arizona's missing Carson Palmer and David Johnson, or Houston's missing Watt and Watson, why why watch anymore? It just I just don't understand why you would keep watching if your whole team is out on the sidelines and we've got third string guys I've never heard of. So it's just, there's the whole political side of this obviously tying in that people don't like players protesting the national anthem. Take example, the NBA has not had this real issue and their ratings are up right now. More people are watching the NBA than the NFL, which kind of makes sense if ratings are down in one sport and you have a lot of sports fans, they're probably going to go watch a different sport. Yeah, probably. But it's just the injuries tie into it, the political issues with taking a knee tie into it, and the fact that not many people like the way Roger Goodell's handled all of this with the president and with his players and owners. And to to the point, honestly, I just think Roger Goodell's pissed off owners, he's pissed off players, and now he's for sure pissed off the fans if the booing him at the draft wasn't enough. You suck! What can the NFL do to turn this around is always the question I keep getting asked. <laughs> I just sit there and I just keep thinking and it's, you know, people aren't going to watch flag football, but parents aren't going to let their kids play a sport that leads them to severe head trauma or other emotional issues, especially uh, these parents. You, you know, the parents don't like that there's a sport where they possibly might be uh disrespecting their country in a sense i'm not saying taking the knees disrespectful as long as it's done for the right reason the rightful protest at the right time but these parents see it as uh some of them can see it as a disrespect to the country and then they're like i don't want my kid being involved in this and it just all can spiral from there and and there's just no way to really for me to think of this sport being able to really turn it around the, the rules they've done to make this game safer have been more confusing and disrupting to fans than it was before. This whole idea of protesting right before a game has definitely not gone well or sat well with the league. So the idea for the NFL is what can you do except just ride the ship down right now and hope that something happens that changes it, but I, I don't know what you can do on your own end. You've kind of built yourself for this. Well, sir, while I may not agree with what you say, I'll defend to the death your right to say it. All right, now that I've harassed the NFL enough for today, you know I'm going to want to harass somebody in the game Money Talks and BS Walks. So we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to bring Ben Huff on to talk NBA, and of course, my favorite game Money Talks and BS Walks, right here on Moose's Mulligans with me, Alex Streisand. Podcast on the official Moose's Mulligans website. Who dumped a whole truckload of fizzies into the swim meet? Who delivered the medical school cadavers to the alumni dinner? Every Halloween, the trees are filled with underwear. Every spring, the toilets explode. You're talking about Delta, sir. Of course I'm talking about Delta, you twerp! This year it's going to be different. 
This year, we're going to grab the bull by the balls and kick those punks off campus. What do you intend to do, sir? Delta's already on probation. They are? Yes, sir. Oh. Then, as of this moment, they're on double secret probation. Now, here's your host, Alex Streisick. Back here on Moose's Mulligans, and before we move on to the next segment, I wanted to talk about something more on the sadder side of sports, as an MLB legend, Roy Halladay, passed away this last week. Uh, Roy Halladay was born in Denver, Colorado, and spent 16 years in the major leagues, and he had a career that was just unbelievable in the fact that his 2000 year, he had 13 games started in an over 10 ERA, he was sent back down to the minors where he he redeveloped himself. He was known for reading a book and working so hard and turning it around. And not only did he turn around, two Cy Young years, and was arguably one of the best pitchers in the league in his prime. There was a year for Toronto where he was almost unhittable, it seemed. He had over 200 strikeouts, and he was their ace, there was no doubt. And at the end of his career, he went to the Phillies, where he threw a no-hitter in the playoffs, which is absurd in its own sense. And it's sad to see him go. And with a career record of 203 wins and 105 losses and over 2,000 strikeouts, he should be up for the Hall of Fame. And it'll be interesting to see if he gets in or not. But it's sad to see the legend Roy Halladay passing away. All right, for the last thing we're going to do today, I want to bring on Ben Huff to talk some NBA. And, uh, Ben, the first thing I wanted to ask you, uh, the big news really in the NBA this week was your initial thoughts on the deal between the Bucks and Suns, where the Suns sent Eric Bledsoe uh, for Greg Monroe, a first-round pick and a second-round pick. Well, I think the Bucks really won this one. They got rid of a guy uh, in Monroe who, who really didn't fit their, their script they're long and lanky, and now they add some speed, much-needed speed with the blood though. So I think they really won this trade. There's no way the Suns could have won as soon as uh, Bledsoe tweeted out that he wanted out of there. So there was no way the Suns could really win after that. Yeah, I think the Bucks did a good job. They got some needed help at the guard position. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm never a fan of trading draft picks away, but I, it does fill a hole that they needed that those draft picks would have taken too long anyway with the team they're building. But I am, I'm still happy with what the Suns did. I mean, they, they get two picks to help build on top of what they're building. And if anything, the New England Patriots were one of the teams that really studied on that. Just getting draft picks. Just start accumulating them because you never know who's going to hit. So uh, you know we're going to play Money Talks and BS Walks because I enjoy it too much. Of so. course. <laughs> Woo! Yes! So I got my first statement. You know, I thought long and hard on this one. But uh, so the Eric Bledsoe trade puts the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Ooh, oh, that's close. Oh, I'm gonna say yes. I think it's gonna be really close. Uh, if the Wizard, if the Wizards and Bucks play each other in the first round at the four and five seed, I can see the Bucks winning that series. But as soon as they play either Boston or the Cavs, I think they'll lose in that uh, semifinal. Yeah, I'm still gonna say no in BS. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm staying with my preseason prediction where I had the Celtics. And then I either had the Cavs or Pistons. I was trying to do my little underdog story. 
And so far, they have not disappointed with Avery Bradley and Andre Drummond shooting free throws. It's unbelievable. I know. Amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable. All right, my second one's a little more close to home for you. Lonzo All Ball. Right. Yeah, Lonzo Ball has lived up to the hype so far in your eyes. Well, no, to most people's hype, because he's just, I think he's one of the most hyped rookies ever. Um, but in my expectations, he's a facilitator. That's what he's supposed to do. And on Saturday, he got a triple double for the first time. He's the youngest ever to do it. So that's what he needs to do. He needs to facilitate and then be aggressive. If he's not hitting shots, he's not hitting shots. He's a freshman, or not, excuse me, not a freshman. He's a rookie who needs, who needs to build up that confidence. So as long as he keeps being aggressive, I'm happy. Yeah, I de- I'm going to say it's money, actually, because, you know, I didn't expect him to set the world on fire with his, sh- with his shooting. We talked about it a lot on draft day. But with the flashes he's shown with his passing, and the, I didn't know his rebounding ability was going to transfer over so well in the NBA already. It just shows what potential he really does have. And honestly, I've been, you know, we've kind of seen Russell Westbrook take a step back this year. And I, when people related him to him a little bit, I, I didn't really see it at first. And now I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to be more impressed uh, with more than just his passing game. So that'll be interesting to see how he goes forward, especially the Lakers are starting to come together a little bit, a little earlier than we thought. I'm happy about it. <laughs> All right, my last one. So everyone knows that uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been struggling a little bit because we just mentioned Russell Westbrook. Uh, this one says the Oklahoma City Thunder will not make the playoffs. I'm going to be at They still have three all-stars on their team. Melo is probably going to be a Hall of Famer, and then they still have Westbrook and PG-13, who dropped over 40 tonight, or Saturday night, excuse me. So they'll make the playoffs. They'll probably be a 4 or 5 seed. They still have some chemistry issues to work with, but they have three all-stars on the team, so they'll, they'll make the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say this is money. And the reason is, I've been from what I've seen so far, and the NBA is so hard to read, but I've got Warriors, Rockets, Spurs, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Blazers, Jabs, Clippers, all teams I think I'd rather have right now. And, you know, that, that puts nine teams ahead of them, which in my mind isn't a good sign for it. Some of those are a reach. I'm counting on some younger guys on the Jazz. Obviously, I'm going to be biased to Ricky Rubio like always. And I'm counting on people like the Trailblazers having Josh Collins continuing to grow and progress, Nikola Jokic. And then, you know, the Clippers have surprised me so far. I I had them pretty low in my power rankings on our website, and they're hanging in there. And honestly, I was surprised to see that they're doing that well without a facilitator like Chris Paul. So Yeah, I can see it, but I'm, I'm still pushing them. They're going to be, I still think they're the four or five seed. I think they'll rebound from this. Start. Well, they definitely got the talent to do it. That's usually the hardest thing to have at first. So you can see like the, what the Warriors are doing now. It's when you have the talent, it's pretty easy to get over those speed bumps. So and then obviously, I got to shout out my Grizzlies, Tyreek Evans, and I wanted to really shout out Marcus Gasol because I love defense and I love the Grizzlies. What they're doing so far with their young talent, and now that Tyreek Evans is scoring, it's kind of fun to watch their games. Yes, definitely. It's very nice to see them come around. They've always been a great defensive team, and now they're adding offense to it. So it's exciting to see them play for sure. It's a beautiful thing for me. Who you know, I'm I'm not as big on the three point shot, and we got people yelling for a four point shot these days. So, so I'm I'm obviously very different than the usual NBA fan, and that pretty much everything in my life. So who do you think you are? All right, Ben. Thanks for coming on. Of course, anytime. 
Alright, that's all the time they'll give me as the weird guy of the show today. Make sure to follow us at facebook.com slash moosesmulligans. Give us a like. That's facebook.com slash moosesmulligans. The official website, alexanderstryzak.wixsite.com slash moosesmulligans is there. And until next week, fairways and greens, no mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Streisak. We'll see you next week.